continue in the book of 1 Peter. We're in chapter 3 today, and we are um, looking forward to continuing through our uh, verse-by-verse series in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. And I think what we'll find today, Lord willing, is that just the... It, you've heard us talk about the sufficiency of Scripture and how that, that God's Word, of course, guided by the Spirit of God is sufficient for us to live as believers, that God has spoken, God has given us, he's revealed truth, he's revealed his word to us. And through the spirit of God, I think we see at how applicable that God's word is to us. And in specifically, like as a church, when maybe we're going through a certain passage or certain books of the Bible, like that, that you find yourself like that was just the time you needed to hear this truth or this word. Now, generally, of course, all of God's word is true and good, but there's times where the spirit of God just specifically impresses those verses or certain truth upon our heart in time of need. And as what we're going to look at today, the importance of honor in in the marriage relationship and having strong marriages, I think is extremely applicable because it deals with Really the root issues of what we see in culture and society today. You know, our hearts are crushed and broken at this the horrific news that we've been really seeing and hearing of from Uvalde, Texas of the shooting. And, and while there's absolutely a time and place to debate and talk about some of the practical steps that, that we need to take as a society as far as safety. And those conversations absolutely need to be had. Um, but I think it's also very important that as believers, that we understand the root issue of things like that, that there truly is because of the evil fallen world that we live in, because of sin in the heart of man, that while we should protect life and take steps to protect life, that ultimately what we need to see is the change in the hearts of man that comes only through the hope of the gospel. And so much of the, so many of the problems in our culture and society is the breakdown of the homes that our kids are being raised in, where there's either an absent parent or parents that uh, really, maybe not physically, but spiritually, they're completely absent. And so we see the results of some of these things when we depart from God's order and God's plan. And so, while I'm certainly not saying that there aren't drastic things that we should talk about and measures that we should take for things like security, and we should have those debates and have those conversations, that as believers, I think it's important that we understand what is the root issue of this. And it's sin and evil in the heart of man. And that the solution is found in Christ. And that what are the practical steps that we can take as believers and I believe what we're going to talk about today with our relationships within our, within our homes, like that is really important. That's a step that we can take to help solve the problems that we see around us. I had the chance to lead a, um, lead a, a devotion for um, the area uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes board that I'm a part of. And I led that on Thursday, and, and, and we were talking about the importance of us doing what we're doing with getting the gospel into schools, because ultimately, that is the answer 
that Jesus Christ is the answer for all of these problems, for all of the things in our culture and society today. And I truly mean that and truly believe that. And I think it's important that we see that God has a certain order, that God has intended for us as parents. And maybe you're here and you're not a parent. Maybe you're a parent, but your kids are grown. Maybe you're not a parent. Maybe you're not even married. But yeah, what we're going to see is that we, we can apply these truths of Scripture to our life. And as we apply these truths of Scripture to our life, it's really the best thing that we can do for our culture and society is following God, following God's word, that, that the scripture is sufficient, that God's word has the answer. So we've been in first Peter and first Peter uh, chapter two is talking about really the relationship that as believers that we should have even towards government and those in authority, even when we may not agree with them, we recognize that um, God is the one that's put them there. And so while we also see in scripture, there's times when when the, the law of the land goes against God and his word, we as Christians say, no, there's a flag that flies above all other flags. And that is the Christian flag. And our allegiance is first and foremost to, to Christ. And so there's certainly a time that we see in scripture where we stand for righteousness and we stand for truth, even if it goes in opposition to what the culture's demanding and what a government may demand. But I think what Peter was pointing out is, listen, these people that are in place, these rulers, these kings, show them honor, show them respect, try to live peaceably with, the, with the, all men and in the culture in which you live. Sure, there's a time where we have to take a stand because maybe a law is going uh, in contradiction of God's word and God's truth. But I think what Peter's pointing out is, look, God's placed those rulers and those leaders in command. Honor them. Honor them. Respect them. As believers, be law-abiding citizens. He talks about even like the slave and master and, of course, like in application in application, we talk about like maybe those that God has placed above you, like the place that you work. And there's people, there's always going to be a chain of command. There's always going to be authority in our lives. And we should honor and respect those in authority over us. Well, now we're going we're gonna to continue talking about honor. And now Peter's going to talk about that honor within a marriage relationship. Because he says, likewise, likewise, Ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also, uh, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or by the conduct of their wives. And so he's talking about showing honor. And by the way, he's going to talk to the husbands about how we honor our wives down here in a few verses. But he's talking about how wives be in that submission and show that honor and respect to your husbands. He's not talking about just Hey, women in general have to submit to all men. No, there's a specific context. Talking about wives, submit to your husband, men. That doesn't mean that we're the boss and the bully, but it means God is holding us responsible in that marriage that we should be the leader, that we should be the one, that we don't just send off our wife and kids to church, but we should be the one that's leading, that's setting that example. And, and Peter here is talking about how in the context, let's say there's a marriage where there's one believer and one that's not. And here he's talking about in a marriage, there's a wife who's a believer, but the husband's not a believer. 
And you know, we, we talked about this several months ago in Corinthians, because Paul addresses the same thing to the church at Corinth that Peter's addressing here. So this could be, this could be that there's a marriage that takes place, and then one, either the husband or wife, and here Peter's talking about the, the wife is the one that comes to faith in Christ after they've already been married. So what are we supposed to do with that? Is the wife supposed to say, sorry, I'm leaving because you're not a Christian and I am? No. No, that's not, that's not how, how Christians are supposed to act in that way. In fact, Paul goes into great detail in, in 1 Corinthians. He talks about, no, don't leave. Now, there's a possibility that your spouse might leave you because you're a believer. He's like, and at that point, there's nothing you can do about it. It wasn't your decision. But he's saying the first step shouldn't be, oh, I'm leaving this marriage because I'm married to someone that's not a believer. No, Peter's going to point out, no, it's through your conduct. He says through your chaste conversation. That means through your holy living, your holy conduct, that that could be what God does to win them over. For them to come to faith in Christ. And so maybe today you find yourself in that situation. You're married to someone that's not a believer. Maybe you came to Christ after you were married. Maybe, maybe you thought you were marrying a believer. And come to find out your spouse has no desire for anything spiritual. And you, you really thought they were someone that was a believer and follower of Christ. And so what do we do in that situation? What do you do if you're in that situation? Well, I speak today a word of hope. I speak a word of hope. Peter says it could be through your conduct, through how you live, that that could be what wins them over to Christ. Now, let me say this. I think this is important for those that are not married, that you only date people who are believers and followers of Christ, right? In this situation, it's not ideal. So don't think, well, I'm going to marry someone. I know they're not a Christian, but, you know, hopefully they'll become a Christian. That's, that's not a wise philosophy. But for those that already find themselves in that situation, right? Like I said, maybe they thought they were marrying a Christian. Or maybe they married someone and then they became a Christian. Peter says, hey, you have hope. It could be through your life that, they, that you could win that person over to faith in Christ. And that's my prayer for you that maybe are in that situation. That should be your prayer. And it doesn't mean that you're constantly like, you know, badgering them with the gospel. Sometimes, yes, you are bringing that up, but not in a badgering way, but it's more about your lifestyle and how you live. Because here's the thing, we're not saved by our works. We're saved by faith in Christ. Amen. But yet as a believer, it should make us a better spouse. If we have the Lord and we know the Lord and we're honoring the Lord. In fact, what Peter's saying is we can honor the Lord by honoring those in the relationships that we're in. By showing honor to our spouse. And so if your husband or your wife, if they're not a believer, you can set a godly example by showing them honor. Now, again, sometimes when we come to passages like this, there's two dangers. Right? There's the danger of becoming apologetic of what Scripture says because it goes against what, what many in the culture would, would say. It goes contrary to culture. 
And so there's the danger of, of approaching Scripture and having to almost like we're, we're, we're backpedaling and apologizing for what God's Word says. And we don't want to do that, right? Because God's Word is true. God has spoken. Ultimately, if God who created us and if God who has spoken to us through His Word, it, He has the right to tell us how we as a society and how we as individuals and all our relationships, how we're to conduct those. So we want to be cautious of not of not, ha not trying to apologize and, and get out of those hard things maybe in Scripture. On the other hand, though, sometimes people can take Scripture and not truly understand the context and try to make it say something that it doesn't say and can abuse the Scripture. And sometimes we can find that where men have this, this, this thought of, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the head, so that means I get to boss everybody around and everybody serves me and listens to me, right? And... That's not, that is not at all what we see the example of what that means. Actually, men, husbands that are in here, fathers that are in here, that God is holding us responsible to lead our family in a way that honors Christ. And what it means is not that we demand that other people sacrifice to meet our needs, but that we make sacrifices to meet the needs of our family. And there's a big difference. And so we need to understand that when we talk about this honor and submission or subjection. He says they're going to behold that holy or that chaste conversation or that, that, holy, um, that holy lifestyle that you're living. That holy conduct. And now he's talking about wives. Listen, it's not so important how you look on the outside and what your appearance is. Now he's not saying it's wrong if... If, if you want to have a, an outward appearance that looks beautiful, not saying you can't, you know, spend time doing your hair and makeup and wearing jewelry and by all means, go for it. But, but what Peter's saying is that's not what's the most important. He says, who's adorning, let it not be the outward adorning or, or the, the dressing up of yourself on the outside. The plating of the hair or wearing of gold, putting on this, this costly apparel. Rather, he says, what matters is what's inside your spirit, who you really are. Let it be the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible. An ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God. Great price. He's saying who you are in the inside is more important. And that meek and that gentle, that quiet spirit doesn't mean you can't speak up. It doesn't mean you allow people to walk over you. But it's saying, look, that who you are on the inside is way more important than that appearance on the outside. Because some people can on the outside have this beautiful appearance, but oh man, on the inside, they are ugly. They are not somebody you, you want to be around. And so, so we laugh at this, but honestly, like we see a lot of people, they enter a relationship with someone because they want to sleep with them, not because they truly want to do life with them. And that's just the brutal reality. And that might sound blunt and bold, but look, We've seen that and we see that our culture puts this huge emphasis on, oh, how you look and having this certain figure and this certain, and as Peter's saying, you know what's more important than the outside? It's who they are within. And by the way, if you're dating, take note of this. It doesn't mean that you can't be attracted to someone's outward beauty, but it's saying within who that person truly is, 
the character of that person? Do they love the Lord? Are they going to follow Christ? That is what should be more important. Not just the, because anybody can look beautiful on the outside in our culture. But I think what Peter's pointing out is in their culture, only a few could look like that on the outside. That you had to have wealth. You had to have a certain means to be able to dress in this adorning, beautiful way. And he's saying, look, not everybody here could do that. But everybody can have godly character. And that's what's important. And, and women, that's what's important. And wives that are here specifically, that you can show that honor to your husband. And he gives the example. Peter gives an example of women in the Old Testament. So he gives the example of, of Sarah and Abraham. Of Sarah and Abraham. He says, in, after this manner, in the old time, holy women also who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husband, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That would have been a term of respect in that culture. In a, or that Sarah showed that respect and showed that honor to Abraham. And he's saying, that's a good, that's a godly example. In honor and respect, and by the way, he's going to tell the husbands to also show honor to our wives. Right? That honor and that respect is really, really important. Because there's something that, um, that is just devastating to all relationships in the marriage relationship in particular. And that is when there is a disrespect and almost a contempt. And you know what that is. Because we've all experienced someone showing that just disrespect and contempt for us. Like you, you're just in the same room with them. And they may or may not even have to say anything. It's just their body language just gives it off. Like they just, they just are disgusted by you. That's the opposite of honor. Contempt and disrespect is, is finding the absolute worst thing in someone and dwelling on that and pointing that out and being just disgusted by that. But, wet. but then honor is seeing the best things in people and even maybe the best potential in people. And so while honor in this respect is important in all relationships— we're talking, Peter's talking about in, in marriage, how that that's just important. I was just talking to someone today and they were talking about a challenge they had with someone at, at work who was over them, but just who shows such blatant disrespect for them. That can be a demoralizing thing. That can be a really difficult thing to have to live with. And how much more in marriage, if you are married to someone and they're not showing that respect or honor to you or vice versa. That's going to absolutely devastate and destroy that marriage. And so what's the remedy? Well, Peter's saying, show honor. Show honor. He's talking about in chapter 2, honoring the, the relationships without, like with our government and with people in authority over you and employers over you. And now he's saying in marriage, it's important that we show this honor in this respect. How we speak to one another is important. And sometimes the people that we should show the most love and respect to, we can treat really bad sometimes. And we can treat them in just a really disrespectful, degrading way. And even, even sometimes that can flow over publicly. 
with how we speak about and how we speak to our spouse, that's a really, really damaging thing in a relationship, in a marriage. That marriage, unless, unless there's a change, unless there's a change of course, that, that marriage is, is going to be devastated. But Peter's talking about, hey, show, show that honor, that reverence, that respect. So he talks about in the context of those married to an unbeliever. He's talking about just marriage in general. Now he's going to address husbands. Husbands, you should live with your wife in a way of understanding. And you should show honor to your wife. So verse 7, he says, likewise, you husband, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. Or in other words, live with our wife in an understanding way. And some you know, as men, sometimes we'll chuckle, like, good luck of understanding, understanding our wife. But the thing is, Peter's saying, this is important. You make an attempt to understand your wife and to see things from how she sees them. Because that's a way that you're going to honor her, he's saying. Showing honor unto the weaker vessel. Now, that's not a derogatory term. You're not saying, oh, women, you're weak, you're frail. Look, just in general, men are typically stronger than women. I mean, that's just a, a fact, right? You know, sure, I, there, there's always, you know, somebody will bring up this exception they know of a woman that can, you know, lift more weights than them or is tougher than like, okay, maybe there's some exceptions. But we're talking about, generally speaking, Peter's saying, hey, show honor. Show honor to your wife. Show honor to the woman who's the weaker vessel. Doesn't mean she's not capable. Doesn't mean that she's... Uh, do, doesn't have a significant role. It's, it should be a team effort that we see in other places in Scripture. But the point here, he's talking to men, show that honor. Show that respect to your wife. Why? He's saying because if not, he says this is serious. He's like, your, your own prayers are going to be hindered. You want God to hear your prayers and listen to you? Then show honor. Show respect to your spouse. So what does that look like? What does that look like? How do we show honor to our spouse? Well, he talks about living with our wives, living with our spouse in an understanding way. And here's the bottom line. This might sound just like oversimplified, but in order to live with our spouse in that understanding way, we have to be able to have communication with our spouse. We have to. And men Many times, again, I'm throwing a blanket statement out there, and not, I'm not saying this is true about every man, but men, we have a hard time communicating. We have a hard time communicating, right? And sometimes it's because we don't listen. Sometimes it's because of a, man, this is getting convicting. <laughs> sometimes it's because we don't listen. Sometimes it's because there's unmet expectations within marriage because sometimes those expectations aren't spoken it's like well i and, and i think of many times many times where i've and i've been guilty of it as well but many times when i've talked with a couple and you know things will come up well what's some of the root issues what's going on and so one of the the spouses will talk and the other spouse is like i had no idea and it was either because they weren't listening or sometimes it was because it was never spoken. And this is why, like, as married couples, it's important that we intentionally take time for one another. Listen. Talk with one another. 
This is all about what Peter, I think what Peter's saying, when we live with one another in an understanding way, we need to listen. We need to communicate clearly with one another. Know what the needs are that they have. And so, and there's, there's great resources out there. I think sometimes with the resources, there can be really helpful things. Um, I think ultimately, though, what we need to do is ground ourselves within the word of God and understand that it's many times, it's not just an outward symptom, but it's a, a change of heart that is what we need, right? The, and I talked about this when we did our Proverbs series, that in, in marriage, in any relationship, but particularly in marriage, the, there has to be the, the want to before the how to, right? And, and I think this is kind of what Peter's saying, like with living with your spouse, living with your wife in an understanding way, like if there's not the want to, I mean, we can, we can, you know, talk, you can talk to a counselor for a year and talk about all these scenarios and all these tips and all these tricks that, you know, may or may not be helpful, but there has to be, there has to be the want to, and then the how to, and then there could be some really good, helpful advice that we can get. Right. And I'm not against marriage counseling. In fact, many times after I'll talk with a couple, I'll encourage them to pursue counseling from a Christian, a, an actual Christian counselor, because that can be really, really helpful. But we also have to understand what's the root issue. It's our heart. And we need to, men, we need to live with our wife in an understanding way. And of course that applies, can apply both ways as, as well. So, so honoring our spouse, we need to know what their needs are, know what their desires are. And you know, you've, you've probably heard of the book or seen the book, Love, The Love Languages. And, you know, whereas I think that sometimes if, if we're not careful, we can think that like, like, oh, I can just find, you know, the one or two things and do, do those two things. I think all of those things in general, you can find biblical principles in those things. But I do like the point of it. I do like the point of what that saying is, no, how does your spouse feel loved and cherished? And then do those things. Why? Because that's showing honor to your spouse. And nothing is more frustrating. Nothing is more frustrating if you feel like I'm living with someone that doesn't truly love me, that doesn't truly honor me, that doesn't truly respect me. And maybe your marriage is going wonderful. I hope it is. But don't think that this isn't important that we keep doing these things. Maybe your marriage is struggling. And, and I hope I'm speaking a word of hope, a word of encouragement, that God's ways do work. Follow God's word. God's word is sufficient and tells us how we can live and how even as husbands and wives that we can live. But men, honor our wife. Be that protector and that provider. See, as men, and honestly, this is probably an, um, an overconfidence thing at times, but as men, like we just don't like really feel like, oh man, am I going to be in danger? Am I going to be unprotected? Am I going to be vulnerable in this situation? Like, again, maybe there's certain times depending on, you know, what, you, what you do and what, what the places you're at. But for the most part, we don't feel that, that vulnerability. We just feel like, Hey, you know, if something happens, we're going to deal with it. We'll take care of it. And again, sometimes it's probably an overconfidence, but like, when it talks about that, that, that a woman, the women is they're the weaker vessel. Again, it's not in a derogatory way. Just saying, generally speaking, women aren't as strong physically as men. So, men, we need to honor and show respect to them. 
Not being someone that is the bully that always is trying to intimidate our wife to get our way. We should honestly show honor. And this is what we talked about. Being the head or being the leader means that you're the one that's sacrificing. You're the one that's giving up your needs and desires and wants for the betterment of your spouse. This is a principle we see that's true in the whole body of Christ and for every day, all relationships, honoring and preferring one another. And that's important. We need to show that honor. We need to show that honor to our spouse by being committed to our spouse. Being committed to our spouse. And I don't say this to try to like rip off a scab of, of, of anyone. Maybe this is something that you've had failures and you've had a uh, s some rocky roads in your marriage because of some unfaithfulness. But I challenge you, I don't say this to, to bury you in guilt, but I say this to breathe hope of from now on. From now on, be committed to your spouse. You honor your spouse by being committed to them. Not, not looking for someone else, not flirting with someone else that's not your spouse, not having all these secrets of people that you're talking to that your spouse has no idea who you're talking to. And I think that that's important in marriage. There's something called accountability where there's that openness. There's not secrets where there's not something that you're trying to keep hidden. And that's important that we have that. And I know vice versa. I'm not just saying that's only important for men to do that because it's also important as wives that you do the same thing, that you have that, you have that opening. You're a team. You shouldn't have secrets. You shouldn't be certain people that you're, you're talking to, that you're secretly texting and then deleting that text because you don't want your spouse to see that. And that's really, really dangerous. And honestly, it's very dishonoring to your spouse. Honor your spouse. This is what Peter's saying. Show that honor, men, to your wives by living with her in an understanding way, showing that honor to her, <clears throat> providing for her, being there with her, being there for her. And if you're here and you're not married, this is important to see these things now. What are the things, first of all, being the person God wants you to be, but then looking for these things in a spouse of, is it someone that I can trust? Is it someone that loves the Lord? Is it someone that's a believer? Is this someone that's going to love me and honor me? And none of us are going to do these things perfectly, right? Like, thank God our righteousness is found in Christ. Amen. But, but these are things, these should be characteristics of believers that we should strive for these things. That we need to have a godly Christ-honoring marriage. Again, I know there's complications with this. Because maybe you are in that scenario of you have, a, you have a spouse that's not a believer. And you're really praying that they come to know the Lord. And it's a struggle because you guys, you, maybe you feel like you have different values and different things that are important to you. And I hope this is a message of hope. That God could be using you right now to bring your spouse to faith in Christ. Maybe, like I said, you're here, you're not married, and you want to be. And that's something that's, that's um, a, a very sensitive topic. Maybe you had a spouse that wasn't honoring to you. That walked out on you, that cheated on you. That wasn't there for you, that was very 
uh, disrespectful to you, very dishonoring to you. And I understand there's a lot of different scenarios. So I never want to get up and preach and just assume that everybody is like in this very same, you know, scenario. No, there's a lot of unique situations. But I think as we look at this passage about showing honor and respect to our spouse, that this is something that is applicable for each and every one of us. Peter's saying, show honor, just like he was talking about showing honor to those in authority, like in government and talking about and talking about um, with like employee, employer. We talked about that application <clears throat> within marriage. It's important that we show that honor towards one another. Don't show that disrespect and that contempt, but honor one another, love one another, respect one another. And again, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it means that in, in particularly I'm talking to us as husbands, those that are husbands, that we're willing to sacrifice for our wife and for our family, that we're willing to actually give up our needs and wants and desires. There's nothing wrong with having uh, hobbies, nothing wrong with enjoying some things. Those things can be really good uh, for us sometimes and maybe just like break away. They can be good stress relievers. Nothing wrong with those things. But sometimes what we see is like, you know, a husband has all of these expensive hobbies and toys, yet their wife and kids needs are going unmet. And that's not honoring. That's not honoring. We need to put others and prefer others before ourselves. That's the example Jesus gave too. He says like when he talks, he's talking to his disciples about what true serving is and true leading is, it's actually a humility. It's actually putting others above ourselves and that we can honor God by how we honor our spouse. I think this is why Peter says your prayers could be hindered if you're not honoring your spouse how you should. I hope today, though, we see application for each and every one of us. Maybe your marriage today is in a really, really great spot. Praise God. That's important. That's really important. And the strength of our culture and society is going to be the strength of, of families, the strength of marriages, and the strength of our home. And may we have a desire to raise our kids to love God and serve God. And the best way we can do that is by showing that example to our kids. So if you have a, a marriage that's healthy right now that you feel isn't perfect, but it's a good marriage, praise God for that. But no, like keep living with one another in an understanding way, showing that honor, showing that respect to one another. And even when there's times where there's disagreements, like being able to argue and discuss things in a respectful, honoring way, because that's sometimes one of the most difficult things is when couples can't have those hard conversations. What happens is they ignore things and then it builds up because it's like, oh, I can't do this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to have this conversation now because they know it's going to be this huge blow up. And so what happens is they just ignore it. And that never makes the problem go away. It just increases that. Then you have on the other hand, it's like every little thing has to be a big fight. And I think that we need to see it's important that we know how to even have difficult conversations, hard conversations with one another 
but do it in a Christ honoring and do it in a respectful way where we're not attacking one another. We're actually attacking what are the issues and what are the problems in our marriage. Again, I think this is applicable to all relationships, but Peter's talking about showing that honor in, in marriage. And may I remind, remind us that it's not about just what, what the appearance is on the outside. It's, it's having that relationship with Christ. It's knowing the Lord. It's having that meekness and humility to where we truly love God and it's going to overflow in how we, how we love and how we treat our spouse. And we should be living in an understanding way, a way that's honoring our spouse. And if you're here, you, don't, you have a spouse that's not a believer. I speak a word of hope to you, a word of prayer that, that God will use your, your conduct and how you live to eventually bring your spouse to faith in Christ. That's my desire. I believe that's Christ's desire. And don't be discouraged. Don't give up hope. If you're here and you're single, you're not married, but yet these are things that are really important to understand now. Because many times people understand it too late and they look for the wrong things in people. Again, nothing wrong with being attracted to outward beauty. Like God created us to enjoy that, but it's not just about an outward appearance. It's who is that person? Is that someone that truly loves the Lord? Is that someone that's truly going to love and honor and respect you? Let's pray.